the City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everyone, this is Russell Cox, editor of the Municipal Association of South Carolina's Uptown Publication, and I am talking today to Town of Lexington Mayor Steve McDougall. Mayor, how are you doing today? Russell, I'm doing great, man. I hope you are. I am. I am. Glad to hear it. We are going to be talking about Lexington's adaptive signalization system. This is a project that won one of the Municipal Association's Achievement Awards in 2020. As I understand it, this system, it tracks traffic in Lexington and makes ongoing changes to stoplights to help with traffic flow. So, Mayor, could I begin by asking you to talk about the needs that led the town to pursue this project? Sure, absolutely. So back in 2010, 2011, the town began looking at what we now know as our vision plan. So we we came up and adopted a plan for the town because we had experienced tremendous growth over the 10 years prior to that. So with that growth, which is a wonderful thing to happen to a small town, but it does create some issues that you have to get ahead of. And if you don't have a plan in place to do that, you simply are trying to just put out fires as they pop up, and that is not a practical way for you to grow your town. So we adopted the vision plan in 2012, And the main focus of the vision plan was to alleviate congestion throughout our town. It had become what we now know as a nightmare for all of us that have lived there uh, almost all of our lives. Mm -hmm. And we saw people uh, struggling to get to school, struggling to get to work on time, sitting in traffic and traffic lights for long periods of time. As a matter of fact, I used to say that Lexington was the least productive area in America at 3.30 in the afternoon because everybody was in the street. Nobody was working um, (laughs) because we were all sitting in traffic. So that was our focus. We really needed to kind of focus on helping ourselves get through with a problem that had not been addressed on the state level. So our community grew by probably 83% in those 10 years. But the infrastructure in our community did not grow at that same rapid pace. Mm-hmm. So we came up with a uh, – we, we really did some research on what we could do. We could not build our way out of it. We knew that the cost of building roads was astronomical, and we just could not afford that. So we began looking at technology as a solution for our issue. And lo and behold, we had a neighbor just right down the street that was using this technology, but only using it once a year and only using it in a very short section of their town. And this is in Augusta, Georgia, where the Masters is held. Mm -hmm. Um, They have over half a million people show up to their town for that one week of golf, and they use this technology to help with congestion in, in front of the Masters and move people in and out of the town. We were fortunate enough to be able to drive down there and and watch it work in real time and 
made a decision that that's that's the goal we wanted to look at and that's what we were going to pursue. So from that point when it's time to fund this system to plan it out how how did the how did the planning and and the funding proceed? Well, we had uh we had some really good relationships that we called in and said, "Look, we're going to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We're going to do this ourselves. Uh, we'd like to manage the project ourselves. We talked with DOT and decided that we wanted to take over the maintenance of the traffic lights in town. Now, back then, the traffic lights, and, and most of them still are, they're all analog. So you pull up and you trip a wire in the road. And a timer starts. It's very much like an egg timer that your grandmother or your mother had in the kitchen. And that timer would go all the way around and t- turn the light from green to red. So mm-hmm. we said we wanted to take over the the maintenance of those lights. And in return, DOT would pay us to maintain the lights. So we took that money, and then we were fortunate enough to receive some federal funds from uh, Lindsey Graham's office on a early project that we were working, and we were managing the project, and we managed that project so well we had almost $2 million left over. And at the end of that project, uh, we asked the folks at the COG, which is the Council of Governments, to allow us to use those funds on the adaptive signalization system. They agreed, came up with some additional funds that we had at the COG. We also got some money through the county of Lexington uh, through their C-Fund program. And then we partnered with Lexington Medical Center on a portion of uh, our lighting system that is over in the in front of the Lexington Medical Center and in the West Columbia area, one of our neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, there's a lot of different money in the pot. Uh, to make all of this work, but we were fortunate enough to be able to put all those together. It's a, almost a six and a half million dollar project at this point. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I know that one aspect of this project, as it was conceptualized, there's, and I would like to hit on this a little, is the green light tunnels and and yeah, also yeah. the override system that the emergency responders have. Sure. So because this system is digital and it works in real time. So we have cameras on all four of the poles where the traffic lights are on an intersection and we can see the traffic and the congestion in those areas. And if need be, our engineer can change that signal at a moment's notice. So if we actually had a real emergency or it may be a crime that had occurred that we need to get people out of town or in town. So something happened in the Columbia area and we needed to get people out of Columbia. We could create what is called a green light tunnel. We could turn every light on 378 and Highway 1, all of them green at the same time, which would allow traffic just to continue to flow and then it would disperse as it got closer to town into Highway 6, out 378, and out number one. Mm -hmm. The other part of that is for emergency vehicles. So we were with this congestion and with this volume of folks that were moving into our community, 
we were having real issues with fire trucks and ambulances getting through. They could get through, but their response times were slower, and that was concerning to us. So there is also a part of this technology that allows us to install in those county vehicles uh, a part of the technology that would link up to that light. And when that vehicle got close to the light, it turns the opposite lights red and turns their light green. So it allows them that ability to create a green light tunnel as they're going to an emergency. So at this point in the project's development, looking back on what has changed since before the signalization system was in place, what could you say about how this project has, has met the town's goals? Oh, I can uh, – uh, we have real data. So we – we hired an engineer firm to come in on the Main Street corridor. We had done uh, – that was one of the first areas that got the adaptive signalization installed, and we did a road improvement project in that area as well. So we brought an engineering firm in to give us the real data, tell us from a third-party company, tell us exactly if we improved traffic flow in that area, and it's, it's actually called throughput. So throughput is the amount of vehicles that actually go through the light when the light turns green. So uh, we were ecstatic to find out from an engineering firm that we improved throughput on the Highway 1 corridor, which is a federal highway that runs through the town of Lexington. We improved throughput on our Main Street corridor by 50% with the Ooh. adaptive signalization and the road improvement projects that we made there. And basically, the road improvement projects were intersection improvements. So with those two combined initiatives that we took to improve congestion, we improved it by 50%. We were actually told that most road improvement projects that happen across our state do not improve by 50%. They'll improve by maybe 30%. So we felt very good about what we had done and how we had handled that area. So at, at this point, uh, what would you say is the future looking like for for this effort for the system? Oh, it's, it's the future looks really bright for it. We are close to completion of the project. We have currently 35 intersections that are live, linked together, and working right now. We only have about three intersections left to complete. And then that will tie every intersection that we have a signal at. It will tie all of those intersections together and have them operate in unison and with each other to alleviate congestion. So that system sees the congestion before and after each light and reacts to that congestion in real time and allows that uh, congestion to disperse and move more freely than it would in an analog system. So what would you say for another city or town looking at pursuing something like this, what would you say they could learn from what Lexington's experience has been? Well, there's several things that we learned. So if if you are going to look at technology, you have got to get ahead of it. There was so much time that we spent running fiber optic cable down through 
all of the intersections. Had we had done that uh, prior to this project, it probably would have moved a little bit quicker. I can tell you that working with a private entity like Lexington Medical Center made the project move a lot quicker. We are bound by DOT and their standards and the way they do things, and that sometimes causes you some issues because it is just a time-consuming process, but it works. It just takes the project a little bit longer to get completed. So there's a lot of things that we learned from it, uh, a lot of engineering that went into it. But if you're looking for a solution that helps move vehicles through in and out of your town, which we all know, and, and people often joke with me, they say, man, that place is crowded, got a lot of people sitting in traffic. And we, we never go there because all the traffic. And I have to say, you know what? Traffic is the first indicator of a very prosperous town. Because if there's a lot of traffic, there's a lot of people. And if there's a lot of people, those people go and spend their money in that town. So the businesses are the beneficiary of that heavy traffic area, and that's what we want to see. We want to see a lot of people in our town. And, and But we have to do our part, too. We have to figure out how to move those people in and out in a timely manner so that they are allowed to go and shop where they'd like to shop and not just be sitting in the street. So it was it was really just the town of Lexington pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps and saying, look, we're going to solve this problem on our own. We're not going to sit around and wait on someone else to come in and try to solve this. We're going to do this on our own. So we were very fortunate to have those intergovernmental uh, agencies, to have those relationships with all of those folks uh, before we got started. So it was very easy once we said we were ready to pull the trigger on this it, it was very easy to move that ball forward. Absolutely. One thing I will say for our listeners, if you want to see some photos of the project in action, learn more about it, I would invite you to check out the Achievement Award descriptions and videos. Those are found on the Municipal Association's website, www.masc.sc. You can search for the keyword Achievement Awards. You can see Lexington's and all the others. And with that said, Mayor, thank you so much for taking the time to join us and to talk about this today. Absolutely, Russell. It's my pleasure. I could I could sit and talk about Lexington all day long. So next <laughs> time you need somebody to fill in, you give me a call. I'd be happy to do that. Will do. Will do. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Russell. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the Association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.